What up, what up, what up? What up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me who? Miss Hollywood. And you're tuned into another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. Hey, is it me your visit? We're going to get my special guest in here in just a second. So hang tight, everybody. Make sure you guys tap into my YouTube channel. Also, my TikTok, um, Miss Hollywood 313. We got JT Money in coming up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, 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 what up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me who Miss Hollywood. Oh. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to yet another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. So Hollywood, the podcast is a platform where everyone is treated equally. And I bring them together with this thing called entertainment. Yes, Sersky. My special guest will be here shortly, but I would like to let you guys know a little bit about my podcast. Uh, you can catch the latest episode of So Hollywood, the podcast on your favorite streaming platform and or YouTube. YouTube is where I do most of my in-studio videos, as well as um, I will start putting my Instagram videos over there and um and yeah, if you also want to perform on Welcome to the Limelight, Welcome to the Limelight is a platform where artists get the opportunity to perform at least one of their songs um, in a, you know, an intimate space where it just feels like, you know, everything is just is real dope. I have a videographer and I have an engineer on site. So if you want to book any sessions after that, you, you know, we can do that. So it is what it is. And then artists, <clears throat> I have a uh, Spotify playlist that I put you on after you perform on Welcome to the Limelight. Um, not everybody wants to be on the Spotify playlist for whatever reason. I don't know. However, it's a great opportunity for you to be heard by another platform as well as just being heard and with cross promotions and things of that nature. Um and if you want to be a guest, you can inbox me here on So Hollywood, the podcast, or you can inbox me on um, on here, which uh, M-I-S-S Hollywood 313. We do have our guests in the building today. Let me let me do a proper introduction because I practice this shit all day today and I have so many notes like I'm real about this. So my guest today is a Florida bred, but but we're gonna he claims M-I-A M-I-A-T-L. Uh, he's the founding member of Poison Clan, infamous for Who That and Shake What Your Mama Gave You, continuing to release timeless hits, 
and he's showing niggas that age ain't nothing but a number. You understand me? So <laughs> we're going to bring up my special guest, JT motherfucking money. I'm sweating this stuff. You got me all nervous and shit. <laughs> How you doing today? Hey, what's going on? Ain't oh, nothing what? much. Thank you for coming up here and showing love. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. No problem. I saw you on, I've been wanting to get you on my podcast for a long time. Then I saw you on Drink Champs and I saw you moving around on Bitch, I Got My Pots. And I was like, okay, let me find out. He need to come on up here. So I hit up your management and I was like, hey, we got to do this thing. But I do appreciate you for sliding through So Hollywood, the podcast. Um, but like I was saying before, you are Florida bred. And um, you say M I A T L. Is that what it's called? M I A T L? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so let's get into this interview properly. Um, how did this thing called entertainment enter your life? Um, I guess when we did our first record, I think, I'm not sure, man. I was always a fan of just rap music, you know, as a shorty. Uh, saying other people's lyrics, but then uh, no talent shows. I was doing talent shows in high school. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, I was throwing a D, I grabbed a mic and spit something, but, you know, I guess that's where my entertainment started. Okay. Did yeah. you have anything, like, before that, like, where your was your household? Because, you know, most black households either have a playlist that when they start cleaning up and you know yeah. that playlist is, is about to be put on, like, did that ever, like, play a part in your household growing up? Every Sunday, get up, get up, drink your beverage, amazing. Them OJs come on, it's time to get up, clean your room, go cut that grass. You know what I'm saying? Before we had a dry, you got to hang out the clothes that my mama wash on the line. Yeah, man, real life. Absolutely. Because I come from that as well. Because I'm, I'm originally from Detroit, but I was raised in Tennessee and I have like the country and a little bit of, you know, the Motown and like all of the above. So I see exactly what you're talking about. Behind your other page. <laughs> yeah, check. <laughs> check, check, check. So, um, so you said you 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 um participated in talent shows. Is that the only thing, or were you into like poetry? Because I know some people, when they write, they consider that poetry as well. So, did you fall in the line of that, or theater, or anything outside of talent shows? No, uh, when I was going through school transitions, they put me in this creative writing class, but I was just writing verses, and the teacher thought I was, hey, the teacher's like, well, you just don't, you won't come to school, but, you know, I just write a verse, you know, I just turn it in, she was like, oh, this guy. <laughs> right, Kara City, 1989. Damn, I always I 89. We're not even going to do that to you, no? <laughs> do that to you. Yeah. Me, they know I'm grown, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest, when you made uh Shake What Your Mama Gave You, I think I was I just turned sixteen. So you could just <laughs> Well we gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that. So like what was the, the entertainment scene growing uh, up during that time as well? The entertainment scene? Mm -hmm. Um I'm not sure. Luke and Two Live Crew. Two Live Crew is the entertainment scene. But you know, it's uh, ghetto style DJ. It was, it was 48 cabinets on the block or in our warehouse. And it was just a lot of faith. Wong, wong. You know? Yeah. 
That's all we did. That's it. Just, bass. just bass yeah, music. Yeah, boom, boom. You know, I mean, we had, well, no matter what the music was, they would find the bass in and turn that sucker up. That's, I think, that's what created bass music. Okay. And then, mind me, up tempo. I guess Luke and speeded the records up. Okay, so yeah. once once that talent show, um, that infamous talent show, kind of happened for you, like where were you at in life? If that makes sense, had you already been, you know, doing your music heavily, or was it just like a just beginning stage for you? Just beginning. I think I was about sixteen years old. Man. Wow. Uh, so that was uh, yeah. I hadn't even thought about making a record yet. I was just putting on. You was just writing. Yeah, well, and I actually wrote for the time, so I just decided I'm gonna get in this job right now. And a partner of mine, he was down with us. I said, you write a verse, I'm write a verse, and we're going to use this instrument, and we're going to go in there and rock. And that's what we did, though. Did you win? Yeah. Huh? Did you remember if you won or not? It was a school time, so they ain't want to do no winning. But, you know what I'm saying, when I came out there, they was definitely screaming. You know? <laughs> a fight broke out or something like that. You got a full partner. <laughs> <laughs> did that kind of solidify you as an artist and did you see yourself being like okay so I mean even though it was just a talent show it's still a part of your journey you know what I mean so how was that feeling and did you feel like it kind of um, started your career as JT Money um yeah that was the beginning of JT Money but solidify I don't think so um I think after we did Too Low Like Mother and I did the uh, Poison Mentality album, I think that was like, okay, there he is. Because, you know, we did Too Low Like Mother at a party and we definitely knew we started the group together. Right. And then him and his brother, they went to their home team right. and I grabbed Homers off the block and we did Poison Clan. I kept the Poison Clan name going. Right. And uh, by me having to do 90% of the music, you know, I was able to get off. So that's where you get that uh, JT money. I'm like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So where did JT money come from? The name JT money. Jack and tourists for all their money. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm about issue. to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> you almost got me. You almost got me. <laughs> <laughs> And like, and then when you also came on the scene, your voice was extremely different. And so, can you explain like your placement in in the group when it came to your voice alone? I really can't explain it. I, I didn't even. I as a kid, I didn't like the way. You remember the little tape recorders? Mm-hmm. As a kid, I didn't like the way I sounded. Everybody sounded like kids. And I sound like old men. <laughs> so, but then when I started making records. Luke thought I had a good voice. Oh, no, but you got that voice. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I never understood it, but I, I just knew I didn't sound like anybody else. Right. You know, at, at that time. Right. The rest of them sound like me now. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. You better give him his goddamn flowers, you hear me? But <laughs> let's go into... Um, when you got signed. So you got signed as a group originally, correct? Correct. Because one of the uh, gentlemen from Luke Records saw you guys at a talent show, said, hey, let's put this music together and I'm going to present it to Luke. And then Luke eventually said, hey, 
you guys sound like what I need right now and signed y'all. Politically correct. Me and Dale was at Big Daddy Daddy 8600 in Miami. Too young to be in the club, but we in the club. It was college night, and we used to rock that mother every week. (laughs) It was Tuesday, and we came in first place and second place. But this one time, Mr. Mix, the DJ, producer of everything on Luke Records at the time, I had to say that. Mm -hmm. I had to give that's the guy who brought me in the game. Yes. DJ Mr. Mix, the producer of everything from Too Loud and Anchor to the One and 13 before uh, all that, the group broke up. Right. All right. Yeah, and then that's what happened. We just did an album. I'm telling you, it took 40 days after meeting them, we had an album. Really? Most of these artists can't do that to this day. <laughs> yeah. It, it could have been two weeks if you think about it because we met him, like, yeah, I'm going out of town. We got the tour going on the road. When I come back, I'm uh, we're gonna get y'all in the studio. Wait. So he just speaks, and uh, on a cassette, me and Deb was writing. He'll call. We'll get together, and um, shoot. When he got back, we went in. I'm talking about man, three, five songs every day. Wow. Two Your weeks. work ethic is definitely impeccable. Yeah, but I was that was it. I was just showing up because I wanted to be a part of it. I didn't have a, what he was doing. You know, I just knew. I could rhyme, and uh, my man was going to make the music, you know? Right, right. Yeah. That's amazing. So, and what is the reason for Poison Clan? Why would you? Why did you come up with that name, and where did you get the influence from? Because we dope, and dope is poison. That was mm. our thing. Oh. <laughs> dope, and dope is poison. You know what I'm saying? The clan is our organization. That's what we were saying. We were saying that in 1990. <laughs> Another check. <laughs> and so <clears throat> were most of the songs that you came up with, were they already written or was this something that you each song just was come come up, you know, off the strength? No, we wrote to the beat. We really? wrote as, yeah, he gave us the beat. It ain't like we just had those rhymes. But by the time I got the two low life mothers, my pen just wouldn't stop. So I just had stuff. Right. You know. Right. And then the second album comes and then it just shakes the room right there. Like the the ultimate song that that we all know today is Shake What Your Mama Gave You. So what I know you tell this a lot in, in majority of your interviews, but just walk us through like how you guys chose that beat, who chose the beat, or like just walk us through the whole process of Shake What Your Mama Gave You. Because I know there's some mamas out there that's watching right now that in really probably Shake What They Mama Gave Them a long time ago. So talk a little bit about that history. All right. It, it was this producer, man. Devastator. He did uh, I Wanna Rock for Luke. Okay. I Wanna Rock. Yeah. Okay. So he gave me this cassette with three beats on it. I chose one. And he say, oh, no, you can't have that. That's for Luke. I'm like, so yeah, you gave it to me then. I said, well, give me that other beat right there. And that was the beat that Shake Lutcher on the day of the day. That's more hard and more gangster. But, uh, and, and the beat that he took was the one, if you have remember, it wasn't even a big song, Work It Out. But I'm thinking, since I wrote it like a club booty shake record, mm-hmm. I wanted a booty 
feet. But that beat, that was like, boom, 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 boom. He chose him. I think that was God, though. I think that was intervention. Like, yeah. Because it didn't go the way I planned it, but it turned out like that. Right. And Yeah, man, produced by Kenneth Terry, Devastator. Um, yeah, man, I, I, wrote, I wrote it from my first time ever going to a strip club with Luke now, <laughs> with the show. And, I, you know, they used to go. And I was like, no, the hell, I'm going to go to strip club. I don't want to go to strip club. I, you know, at the time, it didn't make sense to me. Right. Y'all just going, I just give y'all money, you know. But, but then I, they're like, come on, man, let's go. I wouldn't actually have fun. So I actually saw what the business was. You know, I got to peep and see. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote the next morning. So I was actually sitting on it for a few weeks before I actually dropped it. Mm. And that's on the gay story. Oh, wow. So when y'all, how was, how was it moved around? Because back in the day, it was, you know, cassettes and DVDs and CDs and stuff like that. How did you guys, how were you able to move around? Because social media wasn't, you know, as right. it is right now. So give us a little bit of feedback on how you pushed that record. It didn't exist. It wasn't no media, wasn't no internet, wasn't none of it. Right. You know, it was the old fashioned, you got to get out there on the road and politics, got to shake hands, babies. You got to do in-store signings. We had to go to record stores. They used to have record stores. We ain't got record stores no more. Because nope. that thing is right in this handheld device. But, yeah, and then, you know, it was still relationships. You had guys that work radio, guys that work college radio, guys that work, and that was our network. Mm-hmm. But we still get in that van and drive around for a month. Do you, you know? think Do you think some of that um, is is not in the entertainment industry today is do you think that is missing or or is needed definitely uh i think it builds character and stuff like that when you've got to be out the, you know like the struggling artists you know you can get more respect for the, the culture the fans just the business learning the business but you know today you know we could I could say boom tag, you could say tat tat, and we fuck around and go viral, still me the whole world. <laughs> no, you can and, you just cuss, you can cuss. Go ahead. I've been keeping it clean all the time. Listen, man, no, I'm just messing with you. But now, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I was watching somebody say something about they don't do artist development no more. They don't do, you know, because everybody all they want to do is. Just be gangster, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's more to it. I like mean, I'm a certified gangster. I'm a motherfucking G, bitch. Slam, slam. I try to make a full circle, you know. I'm going to do something talking about this. I'm going to do something talking about that. I'm going to do something, uh, you know, the culture, you know, what's needed. What we need there versus me just saying I'm the baddest nigga. I sold the most dope. I hit the most toes. I, nigga. <laughs> That, you know, like, yeah, it's supposed to be motivational and inspirational. Right. So, you know, I ain't going to do them like that, but I'm just saying, when we come from, we had a dance all night, then we had uh, Jerry Hill, then we have a Shake with your mom gay, then we have a I.O., then we have a I Want Action, then we have a, you know what I'm saying, it's storytelling, boom. You know, all yeah. that was part right now, and it's a young cat told me this, he said, no, nah, I that's a, you know, I don't care what you're saying. It's just a turn up. Just, just turn up. Just get in there and, woo! Yeah. 
Like, yeah. Nowadays, if the beat is actually holding the artist, right. in all actuality. If you look at 1999 pimping on wax, I made this song "Rap Ass Nigga," and I say they selling beats and hooks and niggas' pretty looks. <laughs> Way back then, we talking '99, but I saw where the game was going, though. Oh, you did. I think it. So yeah. how did how would you how did you how would you describe the difference between now and then? Music, music business wise. Um, a lot more money though. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more money. Um, I think the business is the business, you know, they, they'll latch on the one and, and, and separate them from the rest of us. You know, I, they still found a way to control their guy. They'll have a new nigga next year, you know, mm-hmm. in the words of brother. You know, so as soon as he get them mad or he ain't selling no more, they're going to throw him over there, and then they're going to find the next one. But, right. you know, it's like a factory, a warehouse, a assembly line. they just pumping these niggas out. But with this internet and, you know, cats learning algorithms and how to market on the web, they're able to make some money before the people get to them. Right. So I like that part of the game. Right. Like, when, when we were starting out, they didn't believe, hey, boy, my dog, hey, get away from that. <laughs> um, when we started out, they didn't believe in the game. You know, I was down there in the area where they thought rap was going to die out. It was just a phase, you know what I'm saying? Um, we didn't get sponsorships, you know. we didn't, every, Everybody had to do everything on their own. Like, I come from the area where all the independent labels were dope boys. These are dope boys spending their money to put on these shows and, you know, things like that. Right. But then corporate CEO, man, you're making money without us. You know, I always felt like the distributor is the mob. Like, you can't sell a regular unless you go through the distribution. Like, that out the trunk game, they're going to try to come at you with tax. You know, yeah. it's the way to control the game. It's the business. It's, the, it's America. Only in America, baby. <laughs> so, stuff like that, though. I'm just touching on it, but. Let those who get, I seen a 100 down. Or somebody heard me. Oh, yeah. It's, it's some folks that's hearing you. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and during this time, Freak Neat was going on too. Or was it Freak Neat? Yeah, Freak Neat. Talk a little bit about that. Because I know. <laughs> did y'all perform or did you do any of those stages and so on and so forth? If so, talk a little. Because I've always wanted to go. I'm of age. I'll be 40 this year and I've always wanted to go. And by the time I was going to go, it kind of went away. So talk a little yeah. bit about that and that experience, is, experience as an artist. Um. Well, all I know is. Everybody converged on Atlanta at the same time in the name of this big freak college party. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like when they tell the story of it, they say, well, it started at a park and then it just got too big. I came to know when it was big, you know, but I happen to have one of the hottest albums out in 92, right. 93, you know. So I didn't realize how big it was because I was always at the place to be. Right. It was like, well, that was it. But it was a whole, the whole city was jumping. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, if you get caught in that traffic, you spend an hour, two hours on the highway for a 15-minute ride. <laughs> you know? 
But when you got there, it was fun now. Right. He said it was fun now. <laughs> definitely fun now. I remember them days. You know, I actually got in trouble for free. Well, Black Beat, Daytona, and Free Nick, you know, they got a bad story. I was I was out on a barn at one time, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I know the people ain't had nothing on me. So I started back smoking because it was Black Spring Break, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I remember that I started smoking, so I went in and dropped. Because Freak Nick, the next week after that, I went and dropped, and I left. Oh, I went up to the eight, party some more. Hey. <laughs> I can say, Papa. This is clank, clank. <laughs> you did good, boy. Yeah, you just stop giving a fuck. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> but anyway, that's just my story. That's my last <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> got me. They got you. So you had to sit down for a little bit. Yeah. Mm. And that was during, that was still during your, your, your pivotal moment of uh, Shake What Your Mama Gave You. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I noticed that between um, 92 and 95, you had two more albums with, um, with Poison Clan. And then between 95 and 99, you didn't really do too much of I mean you were probably still doing music and working your records but I just didn't see much when I did my research could you talk a little bit about what you were doing between the time that you dropped the last album with the group and then up until your solo album Robin is selling dope no I'm just playing <laughs> I'm just playing listen um, I, you know I would record uh, the, the game was in the transition. See, you think about 96, 97, that's when you start seeing all this pop culture come about. Right. They start coming into our game. So I was I was still doing shows. I was always booked. Um, and then I, I would record. Like I, I think I started by recording probably like 97. Then I met uh, with Tony Mercedes. I've been knowing so, like, 98, I got the situation that we dropped in 99. So, that 95, so there, you know, I was just working, doing shows. Were you still signed much. to Luke at that time? Cause, or were you, did you branch no, out? Uh, our fourth album, I was independent. I did an a independent deal through Warlock. And, um, I just put the poison clear. That was, like, the first, Straight Zooism, that's the first album where I control and own the masters, you know. Oh, that's when I started on the ship. You know, I learned that from man, because he was like, yeah, man, you know, you know, let's say, that's what you got to in the jury for. If you ever need some money, sell it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the people say? That's what that's for. I need to look pretty. It's, it's, all right. So I, I, I need something. That's what you got to off. Hello. I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's fashion for a lot of cats, you know, whatever. You know, these are trophies, man. Whenever you hit a lick, ugh. <laughs> but that's the old day kind of culture. Yeah, yeah, I don't know nothing about that. I, I'm not privy to that <laughs> Fret not, fret not. <laughs> so, so you have been record. Had Did you record the solo album prior to becoming solo? No, I did Well, a couple of songs I did, like, I had them on other beats, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I think, um, but, you know, it, was, it wasn't that 
commercial production. It was just that still on the ground shit, you know what I'm saying? I liked it. I thought it was gangster. Like, Kite of the Boys was on another beat. Um, like, who that didn't exist? Uh, mm. Player shit. I think I did. You know, some of them records, uh, some of them rhymes I had, I might have tried them on other beats. Okay. But then when I wasted the time to remix, you know, soft up and complete seasoning on that shit. <laughs> Some Worcestershire sauce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You had to get them them leftovers right, huh? You had to get them leftovers right on time. (laughs) And so now through that transition of not being technically in a group anymore to breaking off and doing your own thing, um, how was your support system and what was it like during those times? Well, I mean, if you ask my brother Trick, he told me Poor the Mentality was my first solo album. But mm. I ran with my dogs anyway, you know, a couple of cats that I knew. So you run the music, you go back there and get the money, because it was just me to do what I had to do. So going solo was just the next step. Mm. You know, everybody up and did their own things, you know, formerly of Fortress and Clan. And then, like, I was the last one to drop the Fortress and Clan thing, you know, even though I still represent it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, and aren't you supposed to be doing something with them shortly, or you're trying to bring a... Um... Uh, yeah, we're actually working on a project. Uh, we got some music that I like. We got about, uh, well, we got about 10 songs, you know, mm-hmm. out of th- any oh, new coming. any new producers that you've been working with or, you know, all, new artists that you've been working with on this particular um yeah, project? New, yeah, you know, this, you know, my, my team and man that he 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 select production from, you know, different guys, you know, Will Knows, uh, Wiseman and you know, just a bunch of young dudes. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, look here, OG, we're gonna make y'all sound like today. Y'all just do y'all thing. Right. <laughs> I them old ass lyrics. <laughs> them old ass lyrics. How you sound current though? Because listen, the truth. I don't care what you remix it with. When the smoke clear, the truth gonna still be here. Hello, yeah. hello. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> they see that's that just truth, you know. Oh. Just being. Look at you, Brandon. That is finest. Yeah, truth. It's forever needs no alibi. You know what? <laughs> that sounds like uh, a pimp named Slickback said that. <laughs> yeah, he don't think that far. He ain't thought that far. <laughs> yeah. This capital B over here, you know what I'm saying? Oh, this that PPP. You know what I'm saying? motherfucking don't get me started. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so did were any of the the um previous group members, were they a part of your solo project? No, none of them made that part. But when I went to solo, um I moved to Atlanta to be close okay. to the business. That's where that's where the whole M I A T L comes from because you know, I bought a house in Atlanta, you know, mm-hmm. raised a family. So, but you know, I'm a Miami native, you know, um, and uh, it was love in both places, you know, M I A T L. So I just did it like that. 
But um, yeah, they didn't get there. I was trying. Child, I see you though. Um, but we we had a day like you know. But the thing is, like most groups, we didn't really just have a fallout. Like you know, with a little warm. Yeah. It was just the niggas went over there and got that money. I'm such a player. I'm not a hater. I'm gonna get your money. And the niggas went over there and got their money. I'm not okay, shit. And then I'm gonna go and get mine. In a and sense, I- you played your position in a team. Right, and that's what all, that's all it's been. You know, I was. I, I feel like I was forced to the pro- forefront because I was a team player. You know, yeah. I, you know, my, my guy actually, Devonell, he was the one who made me take it serious. Okay. You know, because I was other things. I was all around the city, but. When we made that album, and you know, with a little success of the girl that I hate dance all night, I was like, "Oh, y'all like that? Well, you get a load of this." And that's when I started putting my thing down, my creative juices start flowing. I mm-hmm. said, "I say my fire, yeah. <laughs> my creative fire." Bumba clapped. So when you made. The infamous track "Who That." Did you know for sure that this was going to be it? Because I know, and I've heard you say it's about time a lot when it comes to you becoming a solo artist and you also bringing this hit to the forefront. Why did you feel that way, and and how did you feel when it went five times and did what it needed to do? Um, so you did catch that. Yeah. I'm like, no, I already knew it. I was like, about time. But what I was saying with the about time, it was about time I was in a situation with a budget. I was working with them people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they still ain't know me, but my guy, my middle man, <laughs> he was, he believed in me. And so I was just giving it to him, you know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't nobody raw like that. I mean, he got other cats, but raw, raw. You know, different breed of dude. Anyway, though, um, what are we talking about? Who that? Yeah, yes. well, I knew it was, I, I kind of knew it was that record. Like, when we first did it, everybody got excited. Like, boy, that's a rap. You can wrap the album up, man. I'm like, wow, we got two more to do, man. Let's do these other two songs. <laughs> and then call it a day. <laughs> that's it. See, even then, I knew all they wanted was a single. So they got it. <laughs> they got it. That motherfucker yeah. ride till the wheels fall off, and it, it ain't even falling off. And it, it, no time soon. You understand me? Every, and when I saw or heard it, I was just like, who thought of the concept of this video and the visuals? And speaking of that, did you have a, did you have more creative control as a solo artist or as a group? Um... Well, remember, as a group, I was still solo. I was still the one calling the shots, but I had in- input from my partners, you know? Okay. Like, second poison clan album to the last one, that was me and Mike Press. Okay. Mike Press was out of Atlanta, uh-uh, um, worked with, that was my guy, still is my guy. But when I got to Atlanta, Pimpin' on Wax, it was more of a team effort, you know? Mm. On the had the vision, uh, Tricky Stewart, you know, the producer of Who That, you know, he, he was already doing his thing, and then he had his partner, Shakespeare, who became my guy. So we was just, we would just lock in. 
we were just locked in. So I, when it said creative control, it was, you know, I was going to never do nothing I didn't want to do. Right. But it was vibing. We was like click clack. So we was going to give it to them. I, I think it just worked out that way. You know, it was good. It wasn't no issue. And like, just say the concept of the video. Then he go Dallas Austin. He's like, ooh, well, you should, uh, man, I like this. And I'm like, man, just run it, dog. Whatever y'all want to do, I'm going to do my part. Right. See, that's my me. My position, I'm going to do my part. And um, yeah, that thing worked out. Another intervention moment. He said, nope, let me do it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you take a lot of feedback from, um, well, I don't want to say outsiders, but technically they're outsiders in the world of you being an artist. Did you take a lot of like feedback and, and criticism, so to speak, from those around you when it came to these, um, these songs, these visuals, the way you dress, you know, just, just you as an artist in general? Well, by the time I was solo, they called me a legend already, so it was more respected. Yeah, I think before I did my solo, I was ten years in the game. The first album came out, first single came out eighty nine ninety, mm-hmm. and then ninety nine. I'm ten years in already. So mm. the third verse, I'm considered legendary. I've been this month. I'm considered. See, that's what they say. Right. I ain't, I'm legendary. I'm say I'm considered legendary. I've been this motherfucker veteran in this game you know I'm yeah that's what they say about me that's mm-hmm. what they say I'm a, oh, that's what I am check <laughs> do you feel that way now I, um, I, I've done some things you know what I'm saying? I, I think I built the house um I think I got something to stand on you know I think I'm a landmark in the game you got to go down my street to get to that other thing you got to pass by me to get wherever you go hello are you gonna stop short? <laughs> <laughs> that part, exactly, exactly. So, um, talk a little bit about, um, I guess what you're working on nowadays, because I know those those two particular songs you you run and you're still running with. And talk a little bit about like what you're doing now as an artist and as an overall entrepreneur. Do you have anything outside of being an artist that um, that you're focusing on as well? Well, right. Last year I started my Poison Clan merchandising. You know, I, you know I've been branding them all. I mean, you know, I'm making stuff myself too. It ain't like I said. Hey, look, we in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, I to do it. Like, let me. Um, don't tell nobody. This. Okay. Oh, this is ex- exclusive uh, access. They got my machine right now. Oh, JT motherfucking money. You know, but it's, it's all kind of stuff behind me. I, I, I'm not letting y'all see it, though. That's but, legendary in itself. If, you, if you're if you an artist or if you're watching this and you're an artist and you're not doing any of this, this gentleman uh, has over 10, 20 years in the game and he's still... Uh, I'm sorry. Thirty years in the game. I didn't. I didn't want it. <laughs> I didn't want... Listen, let, all right. I'm gonna tell you a story about that. See, I'm not that era where they lie. I'm not from where you lie about your age or high. <laughs> like when they first started calling me uncle, I thought they were trying to make me old. But then I realized it was a sign of respect. Like when I started growing my plant, they said, "Man, you gotta die that shit, Jay. You can't be." I said, "Man, they know I ain't no young nigga." But look, it's not. Great, this is platinum. This is not great, it's platinum. 
I'm back again with the platinum, baby. You know what I'm saying? They don't make niggas like this. I'm trying to be an inspiration for these young Look at me. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, you better tighten up. Your uncle's gonna, your uncle's gonna get him. Kill him, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, I know that's right. Claim it. Claim so what it. I'm working, I'm working on this project, Immortal. Called Immortal. It's the idea from my brother Breeze, uh, anywhere in mind, man. Because I'm like, well, damn, man. Immortal, damn. All right, cool. I like it. But, you know, with this one, I got I got other features on there. You know, I got, uh, I got Drake on there. I'm waiting on Ross to do his part. I got uh, eight ball and MJG waiting on CeeLo to drop. You know, I'm pulling all my friends in. Like, you're not gonna see me with those guys who y'all always see make the same records together all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get some gangsters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I'm going to get the niggas they grew up on. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm waiting on face. You know what I'm saying? My brother Brad. Hey man, it's that time. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I do, you know what I'm saying? It's coming out good. I got everybody. I'm in touch with everybody. They know we're working. And uh, shit, I'm about to get to put the band together one last time, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, is, it mostly the da- is it mostly down south, or do you have, are you going to get some, like, Jada Kisses? And do you do you have any records with Jada Kiss? Never. I met him. He's a cool dude, too. Um, that's interesting. Mm. Now, I'm going to one, though. You know? I think, I think, ooh, I, ooh. Yeah. You know, like, my, you go for my New York game now, you know, you got to take me straight to Cool J, Big Daddy Kane, Rock Kim, you got to go get one of them niggas, you know. I, you know I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying, but, yeah, all that, that nigga, they'll be snapping now. That's, that was, <laughs> Listen. That was a good one. Uh, I could yeah, definitely I, see that, though. We could do that. Yeah, you could do that. You could definitely do that. Any juice bars or any like health kicks that you're on now that you're in a, you know, fifty and prime, you know. <laughs> well, uh, four months ago I started exercising, but I ain't exercising two months now. <laughs> but you know, I stopped smoking three months ago, but I started back smoking two months ago. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. I live every day. I'm alive. I ain't just alive. I'm living. Yes. <clears throat> and you're getting outside again. You're getting back outside and you're doing what you have to do to continue in this thing called entertainment. And we appreciate that because the song, I just looked it up. The song you have on live, what is it? Live, um, live in the Trap. What is yeah, the performance right. that you did? Yeah, laugh on the trap. Is that what it's called? Oh, good, huh? Is that what the? What did you say was? Laugh on the trap. Yeah, the song in the video that you did in that, and I was just like, bro, this, this go harder than a lot of the motherfucking songs that we hear to this day. And the beat itself, I was just like, listen, JT Money, if you get on another beat like this, we gonna we gonna fight. Independent. See, that's the difference between the majors and you just out there yourself. They know that shit fire, yeah. but they, instead of getting with it and let's do it, they try to suppress it and 
try to mimic and copy it. Right. This is how I've always done that. And then by me being right here with the game, you know, they don't want to smart then, because then now we can't run shit on you. Like, damn, man. We want we want one nigga we just throw a chain on his neck, put a few dollars on it, and put him in front of the camera. You know, I be I be wanting to know shit about the business and when the mail dropping, what time, you know? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. But that's you know, it's a difference, you know. That's and I think that's part of why the game has gotten so younger and younger and younger and mm. younger. Because the influence of this dude walking around flashing and sign, you know, sign your check. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they, they're telling me, oh, man, he's old. He's getting too old. But the game, like, who could put a date on the grade? Facts. Hello. I need that home. Yeah. <laughs> Hit that home for me. But, you know, that's just that. Okay, so last but not least, um, do you have any visuals you're working on? Any movies that we could see you in? Any anything that is outside of the realm of just being JT Money? Yeah, well, um, I did do a scene. I don't know the name of the movie. I forgot the name of the movie. I was sitting down. I was nigga daddy. I was uncle oh, daddy. But um, and I've done I've done a few other movies. I've done the movie, movie I did Confessions of a Thug. You know, you listen to all this stuff. That was like a hip hop musical down there. But we mm-hmm. rapping out lines, such a stuff. But we act them out. Um, yeah, you know, I plan on doing a bunch of. You would be people. good in tales. 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 It's um Irv Gotti when he recreates some of the songs in a TV series type thing. And he acts them out. And, but it's not just him by itself. He has, like, other artists and other people that recreate the song itself. And you should you should look into that or look it up and then watch it, and then you can make your decision. But I think you would be good at something like that. Look it up, but what you do is pin it, and you send it to him. So, boy, y'all don't get this guy right here. <laughs> this motherfucker. Or power. or so, You need to be on somebody's everyday television show. Listen, man. We're going to speak it into existence. Yeah, I ain't going to blow my... Yeah, let's speak it into existence. But listen, all I do is add value to things, man. I'm only enhancement. <laughs> I could... Man. <laughs> Baby, You're the don't... cherry on the cake. <laughs> oh, you get it. You understand me. <laughs> <Check>. <laughs> But we are coming to a close here shortly. I do have a few more questions, and then we're going to get up out of here. And then I'm going to do the question of the day, which is which is one of the most important questions that I have for the people that come on the show. Um, but leave something to this thing called entertainment. Like if you could do this all over again, either what would you change, if anything, or what would you tell your younger self, if anything? Um, I would tell my younger self, well, it's kind of a catch-22 because my impulsiveness made me who I was. But I would be like, uh, exercise some discipline, slow down and learn the business and don't just run through them. Like, I, I didn't run it as a business. I ran it in the ground, me, myself. But, you know, I was living that life. I'm untouchable. They keep motherfucking money in my mind, but not knowing the game's still moving. The game coming. Somebody coming for your spot. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. But the, if the business was in order, then we, it don't matter what they're doing because my machine is a well-oiled machine. We just... Rocking now, you know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. held the president Jackson now, you know, if we'd have done it right. 
So that's how I want to live. Lion's a business, man. It's, it's, it's really deeper than rap. It's bigger than rap. Mm. It's bigger than, you know what I'm saying? The business. It's the business of. Yeah, I heard it here. <clears throat> and then I have one uh, another question. Um, what are your top three moments in your career? What do you feel your top three moments would be? Um, taking, well, I, I, I got to give who that that. I got to give it to who that. Um, when we uh, won Billboard Single of the Year, took my mama to, to Vegas with me for the award. So, you know, I mm-hmm. take them all, girl. And, you know, um, you know, when I got out of the deal and went independent again, that was a big moment because I worked three straight years on the independent record that the world still ain't heard. But, but my little area up to my three years straight is just... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and um, I, I, I got to say the beginning, you know, when, when I first went overseas with Two Live, you know, he got pictured me. 18, 19 years old. I'm in Japan. I'm in other places. You know, I'm just like, wow. You know, this is that shit. You know, so a lot took us there. So that, that was definitely big. You know, for me. Yes, me. I have I have a Luke story, but I'm not going to tell it. <laughs> we ain't gonna ask you to say it. <laughs> but he tells it. He tells it on any other time. If he sees me on live, he'll he'll tell the story. He had it's not me, but okay, so I'll tell I'll go ahead and tell the story. One day he was booked for an event here in the Virginia Beach area. And that's another question that I had to take. Before I say this, did Virginia, the state of Virginia or anything in Virginia play a part in your music career? Some way, shape, or form. I'm, I'm hoping so, but the niggas ain't booked me yet. Virginia, what's up? What's VA? up, VA? Last time I've been in Virginia. Half ass with Monkey's ass right next to his bone. okay but no i'm gonna tell you this story before we get up off here so he came here he was booked and it was an auction that just happened to happen and we were at like a water park or something like that and i was one of the models in the auction i don't know how i got it i think i was like 18 at the time and nobody bought me and eventually he was like y'all not gonna buy this pretty young lady and he bought me for two hundred dollars and he thought he went home with me that night, but it wasn't me. It was another young lady. And now he got a baby out of the deal. So. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's not by me, though. It's by somebody. <laughs> Damn. He, 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 he just be like, you know what? You, you're not. He told me I wasn't a good person. I was like, but it's not me. It's, I'm not the one that you. you but anyways, <laughs> that was my little, <laughs> my <Yeah>. look. <laughs> you tell him I said that too, because soon as you tell him, he gonna be like, "Oh man, that's the baby, that's the baby I had." But anyways, we're gonna get to this. <laughs> um, what's your social media shout outs? And then we have one final question. We're gonna get up out of here because I know you you are a busy guy. You outside now? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know, I've always been outside. I just gotta go to the right place. Oh, okay. I was- I'll be in places money can't get you at. Ooh, 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 talk that shit. Well, I need to be there. I need to be there. Now we friends. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, you know, I just got to be 
go ahead and leave them with your uh, social media and any final words before we ask the last question. Yes, my social media is J, well, my Instagram is JT Money, J Baby. This one right here that y'all watching on. Uh, follow me on Twitter, JT Money, M I A T L. And on Facebook, JT Money. And that's going to be me. Any, oh, yeah, I got YouTube and JT Money video, but it's just JT Money. But it's JT Money is all one word. But they they shortened it down to JT Money. I think they know that's me now. Uh oh. But that we videos and have some new songs as well. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and last but not least, the question is: What bothers you about the industry, and what would be your solution to help fixing it? Um, middlemen. Um, middlemen bother me, but. Sometimes a connection is a connection, but they get their piece and get out of the way. What would I do to fix it? I would try to train them all in the ways, but then it won't be, it's here to be fair. See, only person mad at fair is the one trying to get over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Listen, this is a story. I used to go to the club, and it's all over the club. Like, Man, JT, you know about it. I'm like, God damn. He said, come on, JT, keep it fair. And me, I like to debate a little bit. I say fair, keep it fair. Uh, I, I, I got no argument with Phil. So, keep it Phil. So, everybody Phil. So, mm-hmm. if Phil is the only nigga get mad at Phil is the one trying to get over. So, uh, that's a small slang. I've been breaking down shit. But, yeah. But, I'm going to leave that with y'all. Y'all keep it fair out there. Mm. Keep it fair. Keep it fair. But, the Cat 22, the Oxygen. And, you know, I mean, we're like, be safe, be safe. Yeah, stay dangerous, too. Because they have. <laughs> So, get them what they want. Check. But I appreciate you for sliding through. Uh, tell your management I said thank you. It's, I think it's Breeze 305. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to be Nah, dude, we got to bring you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm soldier, though. It's soldier, man. That's my guy. <laughs> he got to be with this. See, Breeze, he got to argue with me. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but we're going to get up off of here. Like I said before, I do appreciate you for sliding through So Hollywood, the podcast. Um, make sure you guys follow me on Instagram here, M-I-S-S Hollywood 313. And then also follow my YouTube channel. I will be dropping this on my YouTube channel here. And um, yeah, I think that's it. If you don't have anything else, we're going to get up out of here and we're going to say peace up, A-Town down. And I appreciate you for sliding through and giving us the opportunity to hear your story and just, you know, stay dope and stay creative and stay black of all things. 
and keep it 100. And we're going to get up out of here. Shout out from VA as well. We're going to get you out here. I promise. We're going to, we're going to, I got some promoters in here right now. And I'll be like, look, y'all need to book him out here ASAP because, you know, he can bring the ladies out still. You understand me? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Y'all have a good one. Peace up, A Town Down. Hey. Yeah, I know. I need to record it on YouTube. This was just my first day back. I appreciate you guys for sliding through So Hollywood the Podcast. So Hollywood the Podcast is a platform where everyone is treated equally, and I bring them to this thing called entertainment. Like I said, this is my first day back. Go over to YouTube to see the other interviews that I've done. I also have some Instagram interviews. Um, if you want to see your favorite artists, make sure you guys tag them here or inbox me or whatever the case may be. I will be on my other page, Miss Hollywood 313. So make sure you guys go over there and fuck with me, fuck with me, fuck with me. Um, JT Money, if you're still in here, you need to get a TikTok. If you don't have a TikTok, you need to get a TikTok and you need to have them shake what their mama gave you on TikTok and you need to do the Who That Challenge. Listen, you heard it here first. So Hollywood, the podcast. Once y'all see that shit booming, make sure y'all give me my flowers while I'm motherfucking here. You feel me? <clears throat> Peace up, A-Town. Down until next time. To be a guest on So Hollywood the Podcast, just email So Hollywood the Podcast at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram, So Hollywood the Podcast and MISS Hollywood 313. Looking to book your next studio session? Contact Session 420 at www.greenleafgang.com.